Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Ishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting back from Judea to the world. You're a part of it wherever you are. Shalom and welcome to Manka Fleischer. Hi there. Welcome back. Thank you very much. Uh, it is great to uh, be uh, home. It was a great trip. Spent time in uh, South Florida, in uh, the Panhandle, walked on this very special sand that squeaks, Malka. It goes... Wow, that sounds amazing. When, yes, it's it's a special... It's a special kind of uh, uh, it's a special sand that uh, actually comes down from the Appalachian Mountains. I read. Wow, it's like these little beady, these little tiny beads of quartz or something like that, and it makes like a. It's almost like walking on snow. It's got that kind of like crunch noise. Wow. Yeah, really cool, really unusual. Um, and got to speak to Jews, non-Jews. I was together with uh, the CEO, the Director General of the Jewish Community of Hebron, Uri Karzan which was fabulous, and uh, we saw a lot of stuff. We saw a lot of people connected to the Bible and to Israel. Uh, we saw non-Jewish communities and also Jewish communities. We were in strong Jewish communities in Clifton, New Jersey, and in Brooklyn, and saw all that. So really got to see a lot. I got to fly a lot. I got to fly Delta. I got to fly... I flew another airline, I think. Um, I don't remember. Uh, but in any case, uh, yeah, Malka, you know, it's, it's, it's always good to see really what's going on in the non-Jewish world, pro-Israel non-Jewish world, and the in the Jewish world. You just kind of get get a sense of things. And uh, America is not down and out yet. <laughs> it's far it's from all it. Right. It's looking all right. It's looking all right. It's got some issues, but there's still a lot of good people, a very strong place, very beautiful place. You know, I'll give you an example. Uh, Uri and I were, uh, were walking, taking a little bit of a walk, and we kind of got far away from our path. And then uh, we basically hitchhiked. It, we were hitchhiked. In, we Where were, were we, we were in a uh, RV park, not an RV park, like a camping RV park, and uh, we went from the beach into just to check it out because we had a little bit of time, and then basically uh, this this pickup truck stopped and we talked to him for a few minutes and and we asked him for it. He's like, sure, absolutely, no problem, and he gave us a ride back to our, our hotel. And what was so fun about That's that nice. was that was that we got to talk. And the minute we told him we're from Israel and his wife is sick and she needs prayers. Aww. He was like, "Oh, my wife is gonna love that so much. Aww. You're from Hebron. It's like, so, and so like such a like so touched by by the real gestures of being connected to the Holy Land. So uh, very special. Just to just those little uh, interactions that you bump into everywhere uh, on the road uh, so often, and it's already it's like it becomes like. But not everybody. There was we were praying in an airport, and there was this lady who was sitting next to us, and she was like making faces and taking selfies." Of us like praying and like making like making improper you into a faces, joke? yeah, making improper like like look at these then losers. Did fire come out of your tefillin and burn her? She she did when she realized that uh, that we saw her. She uh, vamoosed. She scampered off. Yeah, she scampered off. Uh, but mostly not like that. Mostly mostly very good interactions generally. Weird. And and you know people are like you know my church goes to Israel. My mom went to Israel. I want to go to Israel. Uh, you know people are just. I, I pray for Israel. People are out nice. there. Just you, you really see that a lot. What, one of the things that I talked about uh, last week's show when I spoke with uh, Newsweek's uh, Josh Hammer was that, I, was that I said that like Israel could be bigger. And there are a lot of places in, in the United States, certainly, and around the world as well, that could really benefit from a... How should I say it? I want to say this right, but I don't want to waste too much time trying to get it exactly right. A religion that's Jewish-based, a Jewish-based, Israel-centered religion 
that would supplant uh, the Christianity that's that's out there, and it would be more Israel. Fo- it would be Israel centered, but Judaism focused for the Gentiles. Now, immediately Jews like when I try to explain. You this mean to a Jews, religion based in Torah for non-Jews? Correct. With but with its heart in Jerusalem, right? Well, the yeah, right. Because it's based in Torah, and Torah is based in Jerusalem. Yeah, fair. Yes. So, nice. So, so I when I say this to Jews, so Jews always say, "Oh, you mean Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noach, the Noahide Noahides, laws. which is a very cool group of people right. who deserve incredible respect because of the the pioneering that they have attempted to do in a gate, give like raising awareness for the place of the Gentile in the Torah. Right. But I always say that and trying that, to live according that, to Hashem's law. That is not enough. And I don't even I don't even love the term Noahides. I don't I don't love that term. I just not because there's something wrong with that term. The term is fine. It's just, it, 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 you know, I came up with a, with a term that I like. You know, the international Torah community, and I, it's just it's kind of like it's not enough. It's not enough. And because the seven the seven commandments of Noah are basically mostly don't don't you know mess around and don't eat. Uh, a flesh from a live animal and it's like okay but that's not doesn't that doesn't make there needs to be more good stuff to do right it needs to be uh there's a word in hebrew that that uh, pulchan you know it has to have a um ceremony it has to right. have it has to have rites rituals. and rituals right exactly and it has to have uh i think um, they were developing a sitter at one point there was definitely talk about that i don't know where, where that got to a prayer so, book so I'm, i mentioned this last week's show so i got yeah. a letter from okay. uh, from a jew my good friend uh, alone rothstein who says um i had uh, he says oh sorry wrong one he says to me um i'm with you i think the jewish people can be bigger and bolder we need to be disproportionately punching punching above our weight not just in psychology and science of sorts but really in moral messaging and and not just secular Jews with liberal messaging, but religious Jews with godly messaging. We have always been iconoclasts, and in this generation, the Jewish voice is more than is, is more important than ever. Okay, so I guess I'm not sure that that relates exactly to it, but he's basically saying like we should have a, a, a moral message out there. But then I got an email um, that was um, exactly on the message, which was like this. Uh, my friend Ryan from Colorado writes. He goes, uh, heard your podcast from this past uh, week, was especially interested on your comments on revival needing to come from the community of faith, but more specifically your idea of a Torah community hybrid worship of Christian and Jew. It spoke to me. It is what I've been trying to adopt in Colorado, uh, but thought to ask you if you ever imagined uh, the concept out. Is it a synagogue? Is it Torah observant? Would love your ideas. I've been praying about an idea like you proposed. Would love whatever you have imagined. Uh, thank you again for everything you do. So, so to me, the, the 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 first part of it is that it's a little franchised. American what is style. franchised? This oh, that's your what you're proposing. The con the congregation, the okay. congregation, the international Torah congregation, this international okay, Israel yes. Torah congregation, and it's franchised. Meaning to say, it has. It has rituals that are that are clear. It's it's uh, it has um, you know meeting times. Obviously, prayer should be on Saturday, Shabbat. Uh, that's for sure. And prayer should include the the Psalms and prayers and and the, and should be Torah reading. Torah reading doesn't have to be from the scroll. Not it could at be all. could be from. Yeah, you can a, keep up with the Torah portion in English. Right. No, but and with from an art scroll, right, or from whatever, an art scroll from, from a chumash, from a from a, yeah, a from a, a from a from a book that you get off on Amazon, right? A five books of Moses. That's yeah. right. Uh, and 
and um, you know, and it, it you know can have music, it can have whatever it is. Worship on on, on Shabbat, uh, you know, and, and other such things. And of course, of course, the 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 message center would be from what's happening in Israel, and and the Gentiles would pray about what the, you know they, what they would discuss it, pray about it, tor- you know, learn Torah f- about the issues that that are being learned that week. Just like we do, yes, and not so different, not so different, but without the without the same focus on all the commandments, uh, meaning to say, there's a distinction. We have a lot of intricacies right, that right. are that are particular to us, right, 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 and that you are not obligated to do because that's not your job, but right. you have other stuff that you can be doing. So I went, so I, right. I went, I went to speak at a congregation that has uh, a non-Jewish Gentile congregation that has lopped lopped off the Christmas tree. And lopped off uh, the Sunday and changed it to Saturday. Wow. And basically are just like, okay, now they're still, you know, reading the Christian texts. Right. Okay, but but they're yearning to come closer to understand it better. So I'm saying, let's make a clarity. Like, let's let's send out not a Hebrew roots business, but a clear, here is the Jewish version of 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 worship, Torah worship for Gentiles. Okay. And this comports also with Rabbi what Rabbi Yitzchak Ginsburg has been writing. I mentioned this. The, the, he calls it the fourth Torah revolution. And the bottom line is that I, I just see this thing sweeping up so many places. Now, there are, now there's this new movement now being taught uh, by, by even Orthodox Jews that there should be a Christian revival. What does that and mean? They... Philosoph- like a return to political to philosophers, religious values. Right, political philosophers are like the problem in America is this 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 fall off of a religious path, right? A biblical path, and they're preaching the kind of uh, anchoring and, and re-anchoring Christianity. But I want to say this like in the nicest way possible. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think people have the same faith in, in that religion, and they are looking for something else, and they see that God is doing great things. And and there are people that will never be able to leave that religion, but there are people who are looking honestly. And I think, and, and here's here's the way I want to say it. Without passing judgment, I say it very simply. I think we should make the offer. We should make the offer. Israel should make the offer. And this is, like, an, again, not to become Jews. Not to become Jews, but to follow the Torah, to follow the so-called Old Testament and and the, the rabbinic tradition in worship and an, an understanding of uh, an understanding of the world through the prism of the the Judaism, Israel, a light unto the nations, and Gentiles' role within it, but it has to have the ritual around it. And I'm not saying here if if if, if anybody's asking, I'm not. Uh, of course, I have my opinion, but it doesn't have to be. It's not a haughty thing. What needs to be is just given the. What option. do you mean? Why would it be haughty? I just I don't I'm not. What are you trying to say? On this show, you feel like you're doing. Uh, on this show, what's I reach called? out. Um, I reach out to people around the world that are pro-Israel. I want people who are Christian, Muslim, Hindu, whatever, to feel. comfortable uh, you're saying here. it's like a missionizing. You don't want people to feel missionized. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm saying if you are looking for something, I think that Israel should be offering. That. There should be something available to you. And I think that also another important aspect here, which is not talked about because it's taboo, is the youth. The youth are being lost. Wait, is that taboo? I feel like that's all anyone ever talks about. No, they don't talk about it. Nobody wants to talk about the problem of the the global and certainly American youth who are dropping off from their faith and religion 
and dropping off from their knowledge of the Bible, etc., because they're more in the university religion of 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 progressiveness than uh, than of uh, than of the uh, revival for the Bible. And so um, I think I think the reason for that is frankly because they don't quite quite buy it. Uh, and so and so here's an offer, which is, or at least at least I think that Israel, a bigger Israel, should make that offer. Just like I also think that Israel should make an offer of come learn medical medicine in Israel and not go to uh, to Jamaica or to uh, to Budapest. I come to Israel for that. That's my offer. My offer is no. The Jewish people, we should be teaching medicine around. Israel should be teaching medicine. You know, we should be a global leader in teaching medicine. And the same thing for religion and the same thing for security. That's that's basically my three like big ones. Uh, in any case, I want to hear more of what people think about this. And I know it's, uh, you know, it's, um, well, I, th- I think it's provocative and interesting. So I, I, I would love to hear from you. That's Yishai, YishaiFleischer.com. Maka, I got one more email that I wanted to tell you about. Okay. Um, it was um, an email from somebody who's suffering um, because of the sense out there that uh that we don't know if we we can we can really trust you know our leadership and the state of israel right now mm-hmm. so this my friend judah writes to me he from writes from america yeah he writes uh i think i think so he writes like this he says hi Isha, i really enjoyed your show an interview with josh hammer who i had not previously heard of lately i've been losing faith in the country we love due to the actions of the people who are willing to seemingly burn it down Army, media, LL pilots, etc. But your show has given me strength to keep believing in the miracle that wow. is Israel. And as bad as things seem, it's important to zoom out and see where we are in the course of our history. And that is something you do very well. Keep up the great work. Shabbat Shalom. Wow, that's that's beautiful. You know what? I got this email, Malka. I was yeah. jumping up and down for half an hour. Aww. Okay. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I lost like 400 calories uh, <laughs> because uh, because, you know, I just felt so, you know, I was like, that's, that's big. That's the, a. That's my personal mission, and then also what I felt inside all this time is that the uh, is that the anti-Israel energy out there. One of its pathways towards towards doing what they want to do in this world is to sow despondency, despair, darkness. Um, you know, uh, disunity, mor- disunity, moroseness, morosity. I don't know. Morosity. Yeah. Uh, Haroset. I don't know. Like they, they want they, they want to make you feel they want to make you feel uh, just depressed, defeated. defeated, and depressed, and and deflated. And uh, and just to get that email is like that's exactly right. That's wow. exactly we have to we have to fill ourselves with joy. And this this brings me Maka to you. Uh, first thing I wanted to wish you a happy Yom Hatzmaut. Thank you. Happy seventy five years. You know, before we started celebrating today is Yom Hatzmaut as we're recording this Israel Independence Israel Day. Independence Day. And, you know, in the days leading up to this, we were speculating about whether it would be like a little bit weird this year because Judah, like we hear you, dude, it's been a little bit of a wild ride over the course of the last many weeks. And some like shocking truths have been revealed, which is that there is like a democracy problem in Israel in the sense that there are a certain group of elite people who can shut down stuff and take over stuff whenever they want. And that's not very democratic. Um, And there's just a general like surprising hierarchy here that some of us were very aware of. And some of us were not at all aware of. And now we're all becoming aware of it. And it's 
like we all have to digest this this reality. Um, I have to say that today um, we went to we dressed up in blue and white and we packed up the hot dogs that I had brought beforehand and I tried. Um, I would give myself a B minus on the chicken kebabs that I made. Um, the good part of the grade was that they were actually delicious, but they did not stick onto the little stick. And that is because I am Hungarian and not Mizrahi. And so I couldn't get it to stick on the stick, but that's okay. Uh, I, I do, I, I do very much believe that you'll be able to, with some I need, a, I need a Moroccan person to stand next to me and show me what to do. Yeah. But that's Kibbutz Galayot for you. That is the in gathering the exiles. Right. I'm sure I can find a Moroccan. Person but other than that issue of okay, the so we won't. We'll move swiftly on from the my, the, from the my kebab chicken kebabs disaster. Right. It was okay. But anyway, we packed up all of our stuff and we packed up our kids and we put on some sunblock and we got in the car and we drove to Jerusalem to our favorite place to celebrate Yom Ha'atzmaut, which is Gan Saker, which is basically like Jerusalem's Central Park. Um, it is. Not for people who don't like to be around a lot of people. Um, it is full of people. Uh, parking is scarce. But it is just so nice to be amongst everyone um, and smelling everyone's different grills and seeing everybody uh, playing with, you know, different Israeli flag related paraphernalia and their kids walking around in cute blue and white clothes. I think there's one assumption there that, that, you, that you, may, you may have skipped What's that? over, which is... I don't think people understand that here in Israel, on Yom Atzmaut, it is like a commandment to grill. Yeah, grilling like is part of it. the whole country grills. if you're grills. not grilling, then we feel sorry for you. But everybody's grilling. Everyone's pretty much grilling, and God should help everyone. You're either grilling burn or, you're, with me or you're going to somebody else's get hurt. Right. Anyway, so, uh, and there is a really cool airplane flyover of military aircraft every year, and I have kids who think that's I'm also a kid I guess at heart who thinks it's really cool and my kids think it's really cool and so we like to show them this flyover now it was gorgeous weather incredible outside but prior to all this flyover stuff I'd been hearing a little bit of like grumbling from some people that how is it that like we are watching an airplane fly over on Yom Ha'atzmaut and here we are thinking that we're like so strong and so tough and our military might is the best in the region and maybe the best, you know, even farther than that and, and that, you know, our military greatness like saves us every time when really it's Hashem who saves us and Hashem who keeps this country going and these planes are not it. Right. And on top of everything, then you had this thing this year with the um, Air Force pilots who said they would refuse to fly, um, you know, any more missions if the judicial reform went through and like really shocked the country with this like very surprising threat, um, unprecedented in the state of Israel and maybe other places, too. Uh, that that an Israeli would refuse to do an important military service if they didn't get their political opinion uh, met. Anyway, so as I was watching these planes, I was thinking about all this. As I was watching the planes go by, I was thinking about those pilots, and I was thinking about people who criticize their airplane flyover. But then a like like I can't I don't know how to describe it like a like a like a whoosh of like emotion came into my heart. And it was something totally different. 
I saw these planes flying over. And you know what I thought about? I actually thought about the history of the state of Israel. And I thought to myself, do you know what each one of these planes represents? These beautiful, shiny, high-tech warcraft, what they represent? Each one of these planes. Do you know what effort it took to get these things? Do you know how we struggled at the beginning to get every bullet, every gun, what Jews would do in order to achieve these kind of acquisitions, what back channels they would go through, what political strings they would pull, what business uh, relationships they would, they would um, make, what they would try to do just so that Israel could get a piece of, of equipment to defend itself with. Right. How many like people, you know, sat down in, in uh, you know, uh, opposite each other with a desk in between them and, and somebody said to them, we need the money for this thing, please. And a person would write a check for $10,000, for $100,000, for a million dollars. And they would use their connection in this government, in that government to make, to facilitate it. And here we have these planes now. And I just, what, I felt so moved inside because I, re, I recognized that, the, that watching these planes go over was really watching a parade of love. That it was, it was just a stream of aircraft and each one of these aircraft represented the, the yearning and the love and the passion of Jews who wanted to create <clears throat> a state that was safe for Jews. Right a state that would be strong for Jews. And it's definitely true that we have like a serious identity struggle going on right now, an identity question. And it's, and it's real and it's pretty serious. Yep. Um, and it's not always so beautiful. Right. However, here in the land of Israel, there is Torah all over, up, down, and sideways. There are Jewish children who are learning songs in Hebrew, and they're marrying other Jewish children, and they're, you know, visiting ancient sites that their, you know, very distant ancestors once lived in. And we are, we we have some very serious lacks when it comes to freedoms and rights. And for example, you can't really. Um, pray on the Temple Mount and things like that. Uh, very major outstanding issues. Right. And yet, we really are a free people on our land. Right. And the, the, the goodness and the, the wealth, I guess it is, but I don't mean wealth like purchase power, although we have that too. I mean like the, the richness and the vibrancy of Jewish life in the land of Israel is so great. And all of this would be not here without the state of Israel. And so we owe a tremendous debt to those people who have gone before, who have created this state and maybe didn't create this state for the reasons that I live in this state today. But we owe a tremendous debt of gratitude to those people. Those people created a miracle for us. And yeah, it may be time to take it on to a next stage where, th where the people who, the way they built it for might not be the reason that we use it for in, mm -hmm. the, in the end. But it is, it's all part of a beautiful picture that was all built on Jewish love 
and Jewish guts and Jewish vision for a beautiful and bright future for the Jewish people. Um, and I and I had a, such a beautiful Yom mood. I had such a beautiful Israel Independence Day. Um, just enjoying seeing all the people around me, you know, nice, normal, healthy people eating meat, eating salad. And there was no sense of divisiveness. It was the opposite. Yeah. It was just such a good and happy sense out there. It was, it was great. Uh, you know, I, I'm still jet laggy. Uh, and um, you know, just to come home and, and to relax and to have just barbecue. My mom was out there, and the kids were playing. It just uh, we played frisbee, and yeah, these big planes. And and y- you know what? You know what? It, it doesn't. I agree with everything you said, of course. And watching the planes fly over, it's it's like on the one hand, it's the state of Israel's strength. On the other hand, it's also the amazing, you know, the the amazing flying itself is amazing and these machines are amazing the noise but it it puts a it's like a thunder it puts a it puts a thing into you and you're like wow you know and 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 you're just like you're right it's just you're right what you're saying monk it's like it's like the effort of, of to, to defend the jewish people for me by the way i found i have found that if it's hard for you to talk about the independence of the state of israel just ask i ask people that's a lot of times more on the political and the religious right than me I just say to them, do you think this is the ingathering of the exiles? And they're like, yes. I'm like, okay, that's what we're talking about here. The state of Israel is the mechanism for the ingathering of the exiles. Part of that is to defend. Part of that is, is, is Jewish defense. Part of that is making sure that you can. Right. And as we know, of course, for 2,000 years, the Jewish people had an extremely hard time and uh, doing the basics of Jewish defense. Right. The most basic Jewish defense. And today, we still have not perfected it like mamash and we see the outcomes of that all the time but we are doing very well and with a few more steps we could be doing super excellently but in the meantime we're doing very well and thank god the jewish people now are a people to be reckoned with instead of uh just a punching bag and that is a great thing uh that's right malka and um it is a special time Another way to tell special time is by having an awesome special watch. And if you have a retrowatchguy.com, if you go to that website, uh, you can check out awesome watches and their awesome uh, Instagram, uh, which gives you an, like all the time options for new watches that are really kind of old. Old watches that are, that are, that are made, they make sure that they are running well, they get it to you. I myself wear one of the Retro Watch Guy watches and I really highly recommend it. Of course, there's a coupon code Yishai, check it out there. Um, you know, that, 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 that is a clue for you to be like, this is a special time. It's time for you to have a special watch as well. Uh, and also, uh, it, it's especially a gift to see God's great world, uh, and especially the land of Israel from a bicycle and seeing it, you know, just the, the wind in your, in your face and, uh, the, the land so connected to you under your feet there under your, your, your wheels, check out koshercycletours.com. Uh, they will get you on a beautiful bike with expert uh, cycling um, in places from the Alps to the Dead Sea here in the land of Israel. And speaking of the Alps, we have a very, very high high mountain. The highest mountain of them all is not Everest or K4. It is, or K9, I don't know what it's called, but the highest mountain in the world is the Temple Mount because that's the spiritual highest place in the world. And you can get high on the mountain. You can get higher by going to highontheheart.com and they will take you up in holiness with guidance uh, and you'll come up with what I call the spiritual suntan. Uh, that's highontheheart.com. Uh, um, 
Maka, uh, our very own Rabbi Shimshon Nadel, uh, is uh, from Jerusalem's Kehilat Zichron Yosef, Rabbi Shimshon Akohen Nadel, from Jerusalem's Kehilat Zichron Yosef, a congregation, uh, is uh, with us today for, for a thought about Yom Ha'atzimut, this day uh, of Israeli independence and the return of embodiment of the Jewish people in the land of Israel. Rabbi Shimshon. Shalom Yishai. Yom Ha'atzma'ut, Israel's Independence Day, is a day off from work, a day off from school. It's a day for hikes and the ubiquitous mangal, or barbecue. A day to spend with family and friends outdoors, enjoying the beautiful spring weather. But for so many, sadly, the day has lost its meaning, its religious significance. What is the religious meaning of Israel's Independence Day? In one of his seminal essays, called Dodi Dofeik, Rabbi Yosef Dov Halevi Soloveitchik explores the religious significance of the founding of the State of Israel. First delivered as an address in May 1956, celebrating the 8th anniversary of Israel's independence, Rabbi Soloveitchik drew upon the theme of missed opportunity in Shir HaShirim, the Song of Songs, and described how the beloved God was knocking on the door of history in the political arena, on the battlefield, and in the religious world all which led to the founding of the state. In this essay, Rabbi Soloveitchik charges us with the task of hearing those knocks and seeing God's hand guiding history. Is the state of Israel merely the product of political machinations and aspirations that took place over the last hundred years? Or were all of the Herzls, Ben-Gurions, Balfour declarations, British mandates and partition plans part of God's plan, God's mandate, an answer to 2,000 years of yearning. Zionism did not begin in the 19th century. For two millennia, the Jew dreamt of a return to Zion, a return to the land of Israel. Three times a day, we turned towards Jerusalem in prayer and asked God to speedily gather us together from the four corners of the earth to our land. We asked him to return in compassion to his holy city, Jerusalem. Never did we relinquish the deep bond with our historic homeland. Never did we stop yearning, not even for a moment. We continued to dream. And in 1948, that dream became a reality with the establishment of the State of Israel. For me, it is the quintessential modern-day miracle. Like the fiery phoenix rising from the ashes of gas chambers and crematoria, the Jewish people rose up and returned home. The dry bones in Yechezkel's vision came to life and returned to their land. As the Zechariah foretold, elderly men and women once again sit in the streets of Jerusalem and boys and girls play in her streets. These are my children and your children. The world witnessed the restoration of a Jewish state and a Jewish people. A nascent nation fought for its independence and with tremendous providence persevered. God was smiling down on us at that moment. And when I think about Yom HaTzma'ut, I think of God's smile. And while things are far from perfect here today in the state of Israel, we are living at a unique moment in history. We recognize that it is Reshit Tzmichat Gulatenu, the first flowering of our redemption. The establishment of the state of Israel is no less a miracle than the exodus from Egypt or the splitting of the sea. And it is a miracle that deserves to be celebrated, just like we would any festival. While there's a rich discussion among authorities if a new holiday may be added to the Jewish calendar, Rabbi Moshe Sofer, the revered Chatam Sofer, ruled that it is indeed a Torah obligation 
to celebrate a miraculous salvation. And in fact, over the centuries, tens of communities established holidays like Purim to commemorate and celebrate miraculous events and salvations. And following the establishment of the State of Israel, the chief rabbinate, together with leading authorities, looked to these precedents in establishing Yom Ha'atzma'ut and later Yom Yerushalayim as religious holidays, with the recitation of Hallel and other festive prayers. The Talmud describes how King Chizkiahu could have been made Messiah, but for the fact that he failed to give praise upon the downfall of Sancherev, the king of Assyria. Chizkiahu failed to give this profound experience religious expression. Let us not make the same mistake. So have your barbecue, but remember the religious significance of the day. Hear God knocking on the door of history. Remember his smile. Wishing all the listeners a Yom Ha'atzmut Sameach from Jerusalem. All right, and we are back, Malka. Uh, Malka, you, you, did you have a good day today for Yom Ha'atzmut? I really good? did. One of the parts of the day was we talked about being at the soccer park, the big park in Jerusalem. But the next part is we went to the Reinstein home, right? And at the Reinsteins, I got a chance to talk with Alex Trayman, with Simcha Gluck, with Leah Fleischer, and with Elazar Fleischer. Wow. That's right. They're what did all, they say? Um, they said We're going to really, find out. Yeah, they said really great stuff. Okay. Uh, and, and you'll really get a sense of how how we feel uh, here on this very special day, on this Yom Atzimut Day. You'll hear the barbecue in the background celebrating Independence Day 5783, 2023, 75th year of Israel's independence, barbecuing as is the mitzvah of the Yom uh, at Josh Reinstein's house. All right, folks, we are here at Yom Hatzmaut celebrating at the Reinstein house, Josh Reinstein, ahead of the Israel Allies Caucus, and feeding us so beautifully at this beautiful barbecue. Lots of friends are around. And uh, my friend Josh, whose house this is, uh, has a little speech. Josh, thank you so much for joining us today. Ishai, it's always a pleasure to be on the show. Tell us a little bit about why Yom Hatzmut, Israel Independence Day 75, is your favorite holiday on the Jewish calendar. So what I was saying is that Yom Hatzmut is my favorite holiday because every other Jewish holiday is about what Hashem has done for us in the past. Hashem gave us the Torah, Simchas Torah. Hashem brought us out of Egypt, Pesach. Hashem celebrated the fact that we wandered in the desert in booths, Sukkot. This is the only holiday that celebrates what Hashem is doing for us right now. And I contend that what Hashem is doing for us right now is a bigger miracle than all those past miracles, maybe even put together. Because we came from the ashes of the Holocaust, we came back to the land of Israel from the north and the south and the east and the west, on the wings of eagles, as, as uh, we, he said he would, or we call them today airplanes. And this fulfillment of prophecy started this incredible movement of us becoming a, a light onto the nations through our technology, letting the deserts bloom, the redemption of Israel, the rebuilding of Jerusalem. All the things that we were told that are going to happen in the future are happening in our lifetime. And what's happening is that because we're living through it, we're not seeing it as such a big miracle. But a lot of people in Judaism say, well, I wonder what it's like to be at Mount Sinai. They don't have to wonder. They're there. This is Mount Sinai. This is God fulfilling these incredible wonders before our eyes. And that's why Yom Hatzmut is such an incredible time to come together with your family and friends and just, just be marveled by what Hashem has done for the Jewish people and how he really keeps his word. His covenants are eternal and, and we're getting to see them fulfilled in our, before our very eyes. If I went to uh, one of the newspapers that I won't even mention, not one of the sponsors of my show, which is JNS.org and JewishPress.com, but let's say I went to one of the other newspapers, uh, you know, I don't think I would get that messaging. I would get all kinds of 
divisiveness and protests and, and not a lot of Hashem and a lot of this like this morose and, and bitterness and, and a kind of a dark, you know, like, 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 like there's no sweetness in their messaging at all. And your messaging, what you're talking about now is Hashem and the great miracles. How, how, do, you, uh, how do you deal with that dichotomy? Well, let's first just thank God for JNS because they really are putting out amazing news. They have an incredible editor-in-chief, a uh, great guy. <laughs> Happens to be sitting right next to me, Alex Stramen. may be sitting right next to me right now looking at me, so I may be giving a plug. But um, the truth is, is that what's funny is it's ironic because if you don't read the newspaper and you don't read the Bible, nothing makes sense. The, the newspaper only makes sense if you actually know the Bible. It doesn't make sense that, you know all the armies would attack Israel and we would win. It doesn't make sense that we would have peace with our neighbors when, we, when America moved their embassy to Jerusalem. There wasn't intifada, there was actually peace. Because if you're not biblically correct, then you have war in Israel. If you're politically correct, you have war in Israel. If you're biblically correct, you have peace. That only makes sense if you understand the Bible. So what's, what's ironic is even though they're not saying these things in the, in the newspaper, just by reporting the news of what's happening in Israel, people who know the Bible understand exactly what's happening and are celebrating that God has been faithful and fulfilling his covenant uh, right in the land in front of everyone's eyes. Well, when you deal with, uh, when you deal with older uh, Gentile congregations in the United States, they really are there exactly what you're saying. And I was just on a trip in America, just landed yesterday, and there's no doubt so many people come out and you can see that they're so attached to Israel. They see the miracles. They saw the miracles. But what about the younger generation? Like, like 75 years into it, you have a third and fourth generation born here and you have people outside of Israel who like have been receiving the messaging of occupation and, and apartheid and all that kind of stuff. They haven't gotten the Hashem messaging. The study of the Bible has become much weaker around the world uh, in the younger generation. How do, you, how do we bridge those gaps? How do we share the, the great news of Israel? Well, it's just not true. I mean, it is weaker in America and Western Europe, but around the world there's an explosion of people reading their Bible. Here in Israel, the youth are so Zionist that if you go to my son's high school, my son, take the example of son, we're, we're a, a practicing family, but we don't wear kippahs. My son wears kippah to high school because it's cool. In his sky school, to wear a kippah and show you love Hashem and be conservative and stand for the land of Israel, that's what's cool in high school. What an amazing place to live like that. And that's happening in Africa. It's happening in Eastern Europe. It's happening in Latin America. It's just we're seeing the dumbing down of America and Western Europe. But in, in other places around the world, there's an explosion of activity when it comes to believing the Bible, learning the Bible. And I believe that, that people will come back to the Bible, too, because people always come back to truth. Okay. Lots of good news here. Thank you very much for this fabulous barbecue. It's all, it's all happy news at Reinstein Manor on Yom Smoot. It's good you didn't interview me yesterday. Why is that? Because of Yom Zikaron? It's a different message. It's also good news in the sense that the people that died, died for the rebirth of the Jewish state. That's why those two days are linked. The one thing about Yom Zikaron that always shocks me is that the number that came out of people who fell in Israel was 28,000, uh, I think 276, something like that. And that is uh, four days at Auschwitz four days. So it's amazing that since 1850 that with all the loss we've had with all the wars we've had, it's still nothing compared to the loss we had when we didn't have a state of Israel and how much easier it is to defend yourselves when you do have a state. So there's also a sweet message in that too. Yep, they say uh, we have Yom HaZikaron so that we won't have to have another Yom HaShoah. That's that's the line. Yeah, That makes a lot of sense, especially when you're here in the land of Israel. Beautiful day here. About 5 o'clock, cool, warm temperature. We're eating meat, drinking delicious beers, music, celebrating families, a little water sports. So, Josh Reinstein, thanks so much. Take care, and uh, 
to all your listeners. All right, but we keep going. That's right. We keep interviewing here. I'm not even going to stop. I'm not even going to pause. We're just going to keep going. Alex Shaman's to my right. Alex, as was already mentioned, the uh, bureau chief, Jerusalem bureau chief of JNS. Yomatsmut 5783, 75 years in. What do you say? Well, you know, I think that uh, we have the great privilege of seeing a state not just uh, born out of the ashes of the Holocaust and at the same time out of the ethnic cleansing of uh, Jews from the Middle East and North Africa, but not only is it, you, we have an independent state, but now we have a strong state, you know, a state with a top-flight military, a top-flight economy, uh, great technology, amazing intelligence, and uh, anybody that's here can just see how quickly the infrastructure is being built, the road infrastructure, the, the buildings, the houses, uh, natural gas rigs, um, ports. It's just uh, the state is, is growing faster and more furiously than, than any other state in the Western world. And yet um, the international narrative of Israel is under attack, especially on campus and American media. Uh, there is some cracks in Israeli society. Um, there is an Iranian bomb, potentially. There are 150,000 rockets. There's stuff. There's all this stuff, you know. How do you reconcile it? Well, I think that Israel has always needed the threats, you know, the internal and the external threats to keep itself guided, uh, to remember, you know, why it exists as an entity, which is as, as the nation of God's chosen people. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, I think when you, when you do get the, the rapid development and when you get, um, you know, more material um, stuff, let's just say, you know, coming into the country and readily available, you, you can start to forget what your purpose is. And, uh, and we see that, um, you know, the anti-Semites of the world, as we saw in the Holocaust, you know, they didn't care about the distinctions between right and left, religious and secular, or any other types of distinctions that uh, we try to assign to ourselves. To them, a Jew is a Jew is a Jew. So when we in Israel start to think, you know, well, maybe we have these distinctions and we ought to expose them, you know, we get a little bit of anti-Semitism to remind us that the enemies of the Jews, they, they couldn't care less. But like I said, the country is strong and, and there's just tremendous potential here to really to defeat all of the enemies and, and even to put to bed all of our internal squabbles. It's really just up to us to open our minds and open our hearts. And if we do that, I, I think there's really nothing that we can't achieve as a nation. Alex, you could have made it in America. You and your wife, Sippy, could have certainly made it in America. Uh, but you chose a route that some might say is a harder route, uh, making it here in the land of Israel financially, etc. Uh, the challenges of immigration, <clears throat> the challenges of raising kids in a system you don't know, etc., etc. Maybe, you know, sending them to the army and all these things. Was it, was it the right choice looking back? Well, I think one of the things that really makes Israel special is that when you raise your kids here, they grow up with a sense of being part of something bigger than themselves. And obviously the United States is, is bigger than everybody, but when you live in the United States, kids grow up elevating the self and concerning themselves with the self. And here you realize that you can participate in the greatest Jewish project since the destruction of the Second Temple. And, uh, you know, I'm proud to be doing that, and, I, and I'm proud that my kids are growing up in that type of environment. I think it, it makes healthier kids. And, and by the way, that's probably one of the reasons why uh, we have such high birth rates in Israel compared to any other Western westernized nation in the world. We have 
the average mother in Israel, even among secular uh, non-religious uh, Jewish mothers here, are having at least three children per per mother, and that's because they. This is a country where you want to bring up kids, and where kids are are taught to be to become uh, adults that that have a purpose. And as Josh Reinstein mentioned a minute ago, there is there is a return to religion and more nationalism uh, amongst the youth of Israel. Certainly, than in America, the trajectory is, is very different. Uh, the trajectory in America uh, is towards progressive, and here it's towards uh, conservative nationalism. Um, I don't know if the word conservative makes sense here, but a biblical and and, and conservative and nationalistic and right wing and and basically a strong identity stronger than some of their parents even. Well, that's definitely actually one of the one of the big debates or, or fissures that's occurring here in Israel right now is that fight between you know the original secular left wing in Israel that does have this more progressive. Uh, ideology, you know, worldview, a more globalist worldview about Israel being a nation that probably just looks like an extension of Western Europe on the Eastern Mediterranean versus this other part of the country, which actually voted in a majority right-wing government now, uh, that has this traditionalist values, that have nationalist values, uh, that see Israel as a nation that stands alone in the world, is which, what the, the Torah teaches, is that that God picked Israel as a nation to, to stand alone. Um, and part of what's going on right now, you know, all the, the news headlines about judicial reform and protests and everything, is about this fundamental question about what what is the purpose of Israel moving forward. And, and in some way, what's going on is actually a sort of blurring of the lines uh, between different... Uh, actually, the, the reverse of blurring of the lines is that the separations of the the types of peoples that you know have this idea of a nationalist traditionalist state or see Israel as a secular globalist extension here and you know we'll, we'll have to see how it plays itself out we, we don't really know you know but this is definitely uh, the challenge of our time well whatever direction is going it's going in the right way uh, because uh, it doesn't make sense to me that God would and gather the Jewish people to the land of Israel the greatest you know revelation of godliness in this world which is the the return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel that's just a that's just like a, a centuries old a, a millennia old promise a biblical promise coming to fruition so the, the you know even even if the short term isn't exactly perfect the long term is heading in a big direction yeah absolutely i mean uh, this you know, we've seen the the rapid development of the state and yet at the same time you can always point to moments in in even the history of the 75 year old modern state of Israel that are are low moments um, and I think it's just like a stock. You know, if you want to understand like how a stock uh, ascends or descends on the stock chart, it's never a, it's never a straight line up or straight line down. It's a it's a line that that has these little ups and downs and ups and downs. But you have to look at the the general trajectory and from the beginning, the creation of the state, where we didn't even think that we would survive our first minute, um, and then other moments like in 1967. In 1973, when we thought we were on the the brink of destruction, um, it's very clear that the trajectory of the state of Israel is not only positive, but it's even compared to other countries in the world. Uh, we're just kind of like racing to the head of the pack. We're back in the land. Alex Sherman, so great to see you here at this barbecue with the kids and with uh, just a beautiful day with the jets flying overhead. Did you, did you, uh, was that moving to you to see the, the Israeli army, I, the idea, the IAF? flying overhead today? Yeah, you know, you see the strength of the state of Israel, but yesterday, you know, some of our kids had, uh, you know, the ceremonies uh, in their schools where they're, 
They're celebrating, the, commemorating uh, Yom Hazikaron, the Memorial Day, and getting ready for the Yom Atzmut, the Independence Day. And to see little Jewish children wearing blue and white, uh, dancing around with Israeli flags and extolling the virtues of the modern state of Israel, just think back to thousands of years and multiple generations of Jews that only prayed that their kids would be dancing in the streets of Jerusalem. And to see that was really the fulfillment of generations worth of longing and prophecy, and it's, it's very special. Amen. Biblical prophecy coming true. Alex Draymond, the uh, Bureau Chief of JNS.org. And, of course, another plug for, for reading JNS as a daily driver for news. So important to get healthy and read the right news sites. It makes such a difference. It's like a diet. It's like, a, it's like you, if you eat junk, you, you're going to digest junk. If you read junk, your brain's going to be full of junk. But if you read good stuff, positive, true uh, a, a nationalist, traditionalist, but also factual, without, without, without all the warping of, of progressivism and wokeism, uh, it, you'll be a healthier person. So I recommend everybody check out JNS.org. We're proud to be partnered with JNS.org, and it just makes such a difference in your life. I've seen it out in the field. I tell people all the time, read the right stuff. Your whole life will change. Thank you, Shay. All right. Alex Strayman, thank you very much. And now I'm here with my man, Simcha Gluck. Yo. Shalom, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. Simcha Gluck is our health guru and also uh, the uh, one of the creators of Fresh Biz, which is a uh, business game teaching you business uh, thinking. Uh, I played it one time and I really enjoyed it and it really got me really got me pumped up. It was a kind of miraculous game. It's kind of, so there's a genius to it. There's a, there's a way of thinking that it encourages that, that and it's through a game which is really great and that's one of your great personality traits is that you're a great uh, teacher of uh, you've taught my son a lot of card tricks as well which, which, which that's just an example uh, Simcha 75 what do you say? Um, I think it's a really incredible milestone and I feel really uh, privileged and blessed to be here my, my grandparents on my mom's side are four or five generations of Jerusalemite uh, Jerusalemite sage rabbis and mystics and really special people and I happen to have been born in the States and to be able to be back here, not only in God's country and the Jewish people's country, but to also be here as part of my individual heritage is something I'm really proud of and really excited about as well. Your kids are running around today barbecuing at the Reinstein house? There they are running around. I see them. Yeah, exactly. And they're having the time of their life and they're speaking Hebrew and they're doing all these different things that is so uh, different from how I grew up in Long Island, New York, to say the least. But it's uh, it's really exciting. All the American holidays, you know, the Memorial Days and the Independence Days. It just it just didn't mean it just didn't mean any of the stuff that it actually means over here, where we know really firsthand experience of what we're talking about. It's not something that just the papers and the media get excited to sell us new barbecue sets with good deals because of some uh, sort of arbitrary holiday. Here, it's very real. Yoma Zikaron, Yoma Atzmaud, back to back, and uh, Americans celebrate Independence Day well, July Fourth, but. They don't celebrate Memorial Day, and I always tell them if you if you want to take first step one to fix American society, first thing is honor your dead. If you don't, if you go shopping on Memorial Day, that means you don't you don't. If you make it into sales, and if you don't know to stop and not, and 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 to and to take a moment and remember the names, remember the fallen, and honor them. If you don't know how to cry on your Memorial Day, you 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 have an unhealthy society. You got to stop for a second and honor the people that brought you to, you gave their life, that the, the gave everything for you to have that freedom. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. 
I think, you know, I think that in societies that are more materialistic, so all the holidays are really just there to serve materialism as opposed to the other way around. In other words, our holidays are embedded in our calendar and they're really embedded in our lives and it really is, um, yeah, it really goes with a lot of the seasons. It's specifically nice having Yom Ha'atzmaut, a festive occasion right now during Sefirat Omer, the counting of the Omer, which is traditionally a, a sadder time when 24,000 students of Rabbi Akiva died because of their inability to get along with each other or to show each other uh, kindness or to hear what each one has to say. So sort of putting as a little milestone in a sad time of Lagba Omer a little, or, or, or Sfirat Omer, this, this happy occasion before we get to Shavuot where we accept the Torah, it's, uh, it's very strategic and it's, very, uh, it's, it's an awesome move. Um, you're a person who's also very aware of the globalist agenda and that globalist agenda really stands in uh, contradistinction to the will of the Jewish people to create a Jewish state in the land of Israel. And that agenda has in it uh, the alternative lifestyle push and also push against uh, individualism and, and, and really a co- very you know communal uh, currency and communal um, inform- lack of privacy, information about us all. I know that you're very aware of these things. And, and I know that in conversations with you, you don't always give Israel like the highest grade uh, for pushing back against these tendencies. And, and Alex Trayman a minute ago told us about about really that, that Israel has an element, at least, of being a nation that stands alone. And yet, yet there's this like push, and there always has been a push to respect the UN's agendas. And there are some people who believe that the UN kind of gave birth to Israel. That's like a narrative. So, uh, which which is a false narrative, but like. Uh, you know, tell me what the grade that you give Israel, or or or, or uh, you know, or your uh, policy uh, prescriptions for how to move forward in a healthy way. Wow, that's a that's a that, that's a really hot topic. <laughs> there's there's so much to say about this too. Um, wow. First of all, the United Nations is, uh, in my mind, is is really not any organization that we should ever give any credence or credibility to. Um, it's it's not something that I am proud that Israel is a part of. It's something that if I were Prime Minister of Israel, I would literally get the heck out of the UN as fast as I possibly could. Um, it's by, it, by the way, Minister, uh, excuse me, Ambassador Gilad Erdan um, gave a speech at the UN Security Council meeting, which they wanted to condemn Israel on Israel Memorial Day. And he's read out the list of the people who've been killed in the last two months, and then he got up and stormed out of that meeting, being like he didn't even recognize that. And there was a silence in the room. I was pretty proud of that, but I agree with you that a much bigger and bolder and more correct step would be to just leave that organization altogether. So I think instead of uh, harumphing and being excited that we left the room and we showed the UN, I think we should actually just step out of the organization. I, I, um, Israel's awesome, and I would love us to be more of a Jewish based republic if you will than any of the other things that we're trying to fit in this is this is that famous idea that when you try and fit into too many clubs you wind up having to sacrifice your ideals and your ethics and your values just to sort of get in this is also one of the intrinsic things that make politics so inherently flawed and corrupt is in order to stay in politics you have to inevitably uh, maneuver yourself and navigate in cer- certain ways just to Justify. Well, I'm going to stay in so I could do the ultimate good. So I may have to compromise X, Y, and Z over here. This is why in the ethics of the fathers and Pirkei Avot, it says not to even go anywhere near this type of stuff in general. I would love for Israel to abandon all that stuff because I think that the idea of a Jewish democracy is neither Jewish nor democratic in reality. So it winds up being a complete misnomer. 
And I think that's a great to- point. You know, it's a great point. We say Jewish and democratic, and then when we try to make it more Jewish, they stand against us. When we try to make it more democratic, they stand against us. Right. It's really like a damn if you do, damn if you do kind of thing. And um, there's a lot of things that we would would really need to do to be able to get back into standing in alignment with God instead of standing in alignment with the World Economic Forum or standing in alignment with the United Nations or standing in alignment with other uh, cabal that basically view people as chattel and view them as commodities that they can essentially monetize. And I understand, I understand business, I understand capitalism. I'm just, I'm very, you know, like you mentioned our game of uh, Fresh Biz, which is all about entrepreneurial thinking. You know, one of the, one of the first mitzvot that we have in the Torah is the idea of pruravu of ha- having children and literally populating the world. In other words, it's seen by God as a, as a value, and everything around us is something that can be used so that we can serve God better. And when you come at it from the other perspective, then you have people who don't have that value. That's talking about the fact that we shouldn't have children because of the blight that we are on Earth, and all that language is so the exact opposite of abundance of what God prescribes, that whole idea of scarcity and lack. And uh, I believe that all that stuff is a fabrication. I really believe that, you know, Isha, I'll tell you something crazy that I read. It's going to really blow your mind. From what they say, they say that there are 9 billion people that live in this world. That might be true. If there are 9 billion people that live on Earth, and they talk about, wow, we're just taking over the, all the environmental issues. And again, it's, it's not you and I that are causing these environmental issues. It's the massive conglomerates and massive corporations working in tandem with governments. But what I want to say is that if you took all 9 billion people, just to give you an idea, if you put them in a place in the U.S., for example, with, a, let's say, population density the size of around Paris on average, you know how, what states that would go ahead and fill? You could fit 9 billion people into Texas and may, maybe a little bit of overhang in like some of the neighboring areas. That's what we're talking about on like an earth level. So the idea that we have to not have kids, we have to do all these woke agendas that they're trying to propagate for people, and people are buying hook, line, and sinker, right? It's, uh, it's so the exact opposite of what the Torah is about. Anyways, I'm here celebrating 75 years of Israel. It's awesome. But for me, it's not 75 years of Israel. For me, it's thousands of years of Israel because we've been here for thousands and thousands of years. This is literally part of our Torah, part of our Bible. This is a biblical dynasty and legacy that we have. This is not because the UN gave us permission to go to the bathroom, you know, and, and leave class and kind of things like that. You know, do you have your hall pass? It's like, no, we don't have our hall pass. Like, we're here because this is where our, this is where literally our ancestors lived. This is the biblical homeland. So that's the stuff that I'm more akin to, not the 75 years that somebody gave us permission to call Israel our homeland. Mm-hmm. So thank you for making that distinction. And I hope, my blessing is, my blessing is, that we'll get more aligned with the divinity of the Torah and being Hashem consciousness as opposed to thinking that we have to hang out with his big sororities and fraternities of cabal that are out there. You know, somebody once told me, Israel always wants something bigger to hug or that it hu- that hugs it. And that's why they're always going to the superpower. It might have been the Soviet Union at the time, then America, England. Let it be Hashem. Right. <laughs> it's like, okay, so there's, yeah. there is a bigger. Right. Exactly. Let it be God. You know, this is the whole idea of, like, just not looking for... Yusha, I just want to say also that this has been also one of, one of my issues the past bunch of years where it's like the minute that we start getting fired upon or the minute that we start having terror incidents, you know, what a lot of the, uh, what a lot of the narrative on social media is is people basically looking out saying, Israel has the right to defend itself. 
And for my mind, that's the most pathetic thing that anybody can ever say. It's, it, it's literally stating the obvious. I don't think we ever have to state the obvious. Black lives matter. Yeah, lives matter. Babies' lives matter. White lives matter. Jewish lives matter. Every life matters. Every one of us is a creation of Hashem. The, the idea of asking for approval to defend ourselves is so not the narrative that we need. We've got to talk about literally what the next level is to get into the messianic consciousness of where we're going. That's the stuff that I can get excited about. Simcha <laughs> Gluck. Thinking big, fresh biz, fresh Israel. We are uh, in, on a path to uh, to getting healed from the uh, ghetto mentality. That's what I call the exile mentality these days. I don't call it the exile mentality. I call it the ghetto mentality. We got a ghetto, small, small Jew mentality. Not just not just exile, like we're not in the land. But even when we're in the land, we still think we're like in a little ghetto, and we think we need big things. Uh, the pirates, the you know, the, the the big landowner to like us. And uh, I think you're talking about this stuff. And so 75 is a celebration, 75 is an achievement, but 75 is also, you know, uh, a marker along the way, along the path moving forward, an exciting path forward. Simcha Gluck, thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Yishai. Chag Sameach. Chag Sameach. Chag Sameach. Chag Sameach. All right, all right. Simcha, thanks so much. Labatzion Fleischer, why don't you come here just for a second? Uh, my daughter is with me here at the barbecue, and we're having so much fun at the Reinstein House. Sunny day beautiful day but not too hot and there's there's queuing and there's pool and and there's zionists and jews and torah torah comments uh labatzion is my 15 year old daughter lab people love having you on the show and i think it's a it's a great opportunity a little bit to schmooze about your perspective and your generation's perspective on 75 you know you were born here you didn't make aliyah your parents made aliyah but you you were you were born here i mean one could think that maybe uh, maybe this is not such an exciting holiday for you. Maybe you want to so find excitement somewhere else. I don't know, in a, in a different country. Like, why would this be a big deal? Is it a big deal for you? 75 years of Israel's independence. Well, first of all, thank you for having me here. Uh, but secondly, um, definitely, like before Yom Atzmo, um Independence Day, I was so excited. I was just like jumping up and down. And it could be it's a me thing, but I really don't think so. Because, like, yeah, even though... We haven't been here, our generation, for the 75 years of this country. We have been here, at least me, for 15 years. And, like, even with these little things, you see you see the growing of the country. Hitpatchut means development. Yeah. So the development of the country and, like, how much it's growing and how much it's flourishing. And, like, there's something of, like, being here knowing that you weren't the first that actually makes me more excited. I'm like, I haven't been here this whole time, but I'm so excited to, like, like get into the dirt and be part of it as well like this is like a present independence day it gives me the like the privilege to be with the ones who have been here all this time and like to connect with something that we all share which is the land of israel mm. that's exciting and you're like right now trying to pick out your path in high school yeah. and, and uh, there's a lot of questions out there and this last period has been pretty tough and almost almost 30 people have been murdered uh just just a lot of stuff that like you, you, a lot of people say to me like raising your kids in Israel raising your kids in the settlements uh, over the green line it's scary it's bad how is that development what, what, do you, what do you think about that what do you think about you know all the stuff that you've seen disappointment that you know the police has not been able to uh, defend us against all this stuff fully in any case like uh, how, how does it all you know how, how, what's it like to be a young person developing in this time with the challenges well you know, there's two sides to that. Like, one side is I knew 
Mishpachati, the D family. Um, almost personally, I saw the girls at school. I saw them at uh, the the like young communities, the dances, the shows, and I've definitely talked with them before. And like even though I didn't know them so well, uh, it definitely did hurt, and I definitely did cry. Um, and it, it was very hard on Pesach to uh, to like to see such beautiful flowers sort of be picked out of this like beautiful world. Um, but on the other hand, there's some sort of, I wouldn't use the word pride, but there's some t- sort of con- like feeling that like at least I'm not, that like Jewish people aren't dying for nothing. You know, I wouldn't say America or, or any other country is much safer. People die from car crashes, from, from drunk people, from shootings. school shootings. This is like, and this is out of depression, out of all these things. But like being in Israel not only is safer for the Jewish people, but it gives a reason to live and it gives a reason to die as well. Because you are, you are not dying because of somebody's crazy depression or his insane thoughts. You are dying because somebody is against you being who you are. A, a person who is against you living a Jewish holy life in Israel. Um, and being a part of it and knowing people who fell on Kiddush Hashem on the... On Sanctification the, on, of God's name. So... It, it gives some sort of like condolence to to the families and for just people to know that it comfort. was it was comfort that it wasn't just for nothing it was for something important that they believed in until the last last moment um, I also see it as it's just I don't I'm not scared you know I've we've lived in Malaze team on the Mount of Olives and that was a very dangerous area um, where you really like that's where you felt it. You felt like the hate of the Arabs and the and the and the jihad against you. And you really and there was a fear, and yet there was some sort of feeling of fulfillment of standing there and being like, no, I will be who I am, and I will be with my people, and I will be in my land, no matter who fights against me, whoever terrorizes against our people, like. Knowing that you are a part of it is the best feeling one person could feel. Yomatsmut, 5783, 75 years. You're happy? I am so happy. Every day I get to go on the bus to, uh, from Efrat to Jerusalem and back. It's about a 45-minute ride on traffic days. And every time I'm like, wow, we are growing. The streets are being built. The buildings are climbing to the skies. And the, like, the children are running around. They're all going to school. They're all learning Torah. They're all like becoming Jewish people. And I feel a part of it every morning and every second. And I think there, it, it brings me so much joy to see our little country like getting older and getting more fulfilled and bigger and growing. Yerushalayim is becoming big. And uh, you think you're going to see a third temple in your lifetime? Definitely. Bezrat Hashem. Um, you know, they say you still, every day, every moment, you have to believe that uh, Mashiach is coming. And in my head, I'm like, yes, except for Yom Shishi and Shabbat, because we're busy. <laughs> right? So, so I really believe that like, we are really on the years of Geulah 75. And I, I really think I'm going to see it. Bezrat Hashem. Amen. Thank you very much, Leah Batzion Fleischer, 15 years old. And uh, growing up here in the land of Israel, celebrating at the Reinstein's house, 75 years of Israel's independence. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, folks. Yishai Fleischer here, walking around 
and uh, we're 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 just having fun. We are barbecuing. We are we are we're out there. Um, my 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 son is throwing footballs here. Now he's busy right now. He's oh oh that that gonna hurt that cactus. All right, he doesn't want to come on. Just Elzar, just wish us, give us a bracha for a happy 75th. Elzar Menachem, 11 years old. Yomatzmut Samach, everyone. <laughs> you having fun? It's a really great time here. What are you playing, football? <laughs> yeah, we're playing uh, pass football, yeah. Your, your spirals are pretty good. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you, do, is this a big day for you or not? Like, is this a special day for you in your heart? It's very exciting, you know, 75 years of our own country, which we've been looking for for thousands of years. You know, like 75 years ago, the biggest dream that you can ever wish for came true. It's a big what's deal. The, what's that dream? The, to have our own country, Eretz Israel. you know. From, from the time of Moshe, from the time of Egypt, um, you know, we've been like really striving to get to Israel. It took us 40 years just to get to Israel. And then we got kicked out and we went back in, but we never really left all the way. And 75 years ago... The dream, like all the way, came true. The, like all these, all this time, it's just been l- l- like leading up for for this, and it came true. And uh, seventy five years is like is a very like very big deal for us. For you personally, you're eleven years old. You think about these things? Yeah, completely. You know, like this is this is my country. This is like where I was born. This is where Bezat Hashem will die. You know, this is this is everything. Get married and have kids before that, right? Yeah, amen. And grandkids. And great-grandkids. Bezrat Hashem. God bless you, Ozar Menachem. Chag Sameach. Chag Sameach. All right, everybody. We're having fun here at the Reinsteins. And uh, just uh, bringing you the sounds of, of blue and white um, and of uh, the celebrations and of the deep thoughts. Uh, because these celebrations aren't uh, just a party. It's... Uh, there's deep thoughts, deep Torah thoughts, deep emotional thoughts, historical thoughts, uh, and they're real. As you can see, uh, men and women and, and, and the young children of Israel with great hopes and great visions. All right, folks. Ishai Fleischer from the hills of Jerusalem, Mifaser Tzion, signing off. We'll be right back. All right, folks. We are back. And Malka, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Malka, we have uh, the delicious Prohibition Pickle. Yes. That's Yodrael. Uh, that could cater your Jerusalem day uh, or any of the next holidays, your your second uh, Pesach, P- uh, Pesach Sheni, which is coming up already in this month. Um, and uh, whatever joyous occasion you have, including Shabbat, which is our weekly joyous occasion, it can't be catered any better than prohibitionpickle.co.il. Uh, and also check out the ancient and only Hebron, uh, where I have the privilege of working and being the international spokesman, Dan Rosenstein's the head of the Hebron Fund, uh, which makes sure that Hebron stays strong with your support. You could be part of strengthening, building, defending Hebron, and making it open for, for visitation. Hebronfund.org. Uh, Malka Fleischer, I want to really thank you for joining me on the show today. Uh, the Torah portion is Acharei Mot Kedoshim. Uh, and these are the Torah portions of really the laws of purity, uh, in the behavior um, that that really keeps us holy, uh, which is which is the intimacy stuff, and uh, may Hashem bless us to really uh, be holy in all of our ways, ways that everybody sees and the ways that people don't always see, right? And today, a lot of these issues are being contested very strongly in terms of like alternative lifestyles. Well, these are alternatives to what God thinks is a good lifestyle. 
uh, and and we have to have uh, certainly a lot of uh, what's it called um, empathy for people who struggle with these issues. But we should also say the truth, which is that God is is uh, is has is, an opinion. Has an opinion. And has an opinion on our on our spiritual, emotional, and physical health, and we have to, you know, we 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 should really try to comport to that because it's good advice from the one who it's basically the manufacturer's, uh, the manufacturer's, uh, you know, guide uh, of, of how to stay healthy and stay eternal. Uh, the minute you start turning towards these alternative lifestyles, your blessing goes away, and not I'm not talking personally; I'm talking about nationally. And it becomes a place where God's presence, how should I say it, is not as found. Uh, and there's a famous medrash that says that God did not destroy the world of Noah until men were making contracts of marriage with men and with animals and, and, and became official law. The minute it became official law, it started becoming something that, that God's like, oh, you, you now have the official law? You're not just doing your thing you know, in your bedroom, you're now you're now making this the policy of the land. Uh, that means that you have uh, lost the proper borders. You, you're not following the manufacturer's guidelines about how to keep your eternity and your health. And so, it's time for uh, us to get back to health, and it's time for us to also be, uh, on the one hand, put out a war uh, against these signals that are being sent out into the world—a real war. Uh, but on the other hand, also at the same time, with empathy, uh, because because the accusation against us is that we have no empathy, but of course we have empathy. Uh, but we also have empathy for what keeps our society healthy, what keeps our children healthy, and what path we want to send them along. Uh, so that's a very powerful stuff. And so if I could give a uh, uh, a message out to the international Torah community out there, if you want to know uh, what to study uh, this Shabbat, uh, it would be to study the Torah portion of Acharemot and Kedoshim, which is found uh, in the book of Leviticus, right? Vayikra, we call it. And it is chapter uh, 16 and chapter 19. Chapter 16 to 19 and then 19 till, uh, till, uh, uh, till uh, 21. Those are the chapters to, to read. Um, and... And these things say unequivocally uh, God's opinion about alternative lifestyles and how and how careful we have to be. And uh, and I saw that Ben Shapiro, the great, the exilarch, like I like to call him, put out a tweet saying that 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 in many ways it is clear that society's condonement condonement con, con, condoning condoning of Thank you. These alternative lifestyles causes a social contagion in which these things simply grow. And many more people are identifying themselves today with alternative lifestyles than they did in the past because society is basically egging it on. These instincts are in many of us. And all, and all of us have some, you know, some instinct that, 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 that needs to be refined. And, and when it's the opposite, when it's given license, again, this is the word licentiousness, the word license it's exactly l- listen listen very carefully to this in english the word licentious which means acting not properly 
in these realms comes from the word license. Why would you need license? Why don't you just do what you want? No, because humanity searches for a license to give them the right to do what they want to do. They want they want the, the big whatever to say to them, thumbs up, you can do what you want. Society now is pushing licensing of these alternative uh, uh, lifestyles in the very thing that is the energy of procreation, of union, of procreation, of, of passing the genetic code and the holy code to the next, and creating a next generation, Few, making families, uh, families that work. Uh, and so that's what these Torah portions are about. That's a Harim al-Kadoshim, and it is, it is, you know, it's, it's very, very uh, uh, in your face. And the other verse, which I think is so important, is, is at the same time, love, uh, love God as you, uh, excuse me, love the other, uh, you love your brother, lo- love, love, love your neighbor as you would yourself, I am Hashem your God. Why does it say I am Hashem your God? There's many explanations, but I think one of the great, exp- one, of, one explanations that makes sense to me is, let's say you don't love yourself, let's say you have a self-loathing, still remember I am Hashem your God. Right. If you don't know how to love the other because you don't know how to love yourself, remember still. I am Hashem. I still, exactly. It, you know, it's not just about good feelings. There's still a, a God out there. And I found Malka a phrase today. I found the verse that I love, Malka. It says, if a lion, it's, 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 it's Amos ver, uh, chapter 3, verse 8. If a lion shall roar, who will not hear? If God, if Hashem, your God, if Hashem God speaks, who will not prophesy? It's like when Hashem God speaks, it, it rocks the world. And he has spoken about what, what makes our societies healthy. Uh, so check that out. Uh, and of course, the same thing with loving one another. And I think we need to, uh, we need to take time right now to really work on being brothers uh, and sisters across the Atlantic uh, between Jews and non-Jews as well, and certainly within the Jewish people, lovers of Israel as well. We've got to work right now, Malka, to spread positivity, uh, health, uh, spirituality, connectedness to the Bible, more than ever before. The, the forces of darkness are out there, and they're all about all of those things that we talked about. They want to get you into an alternative lifestyle. They want to get you to hate Israel. They want you to use the word apartheid, and the word trans, and the word every all these other words. Uh, instead of words of holiness, words of covenant, uh, and and words of unity and positivity, and that's what I think. Uh, that's what I think the the email uh, that I got is all about. It's all about you know. Thank you for helping me, uh, says Judah. Thank you for helping me think thoughts of positivity about the great time that we're living in. Maka Fleischer, I know you are tired. Yes, I am tired as well. It's been a but long a nice, day. A nice kind of tired. A blessing. Which is time. great. Which is a huge blessing. Yeah. I want to give you a huge blessing. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Amen. Thank you so much for being with us. I want to thank Yochevet Seidman, Moshe Herman, Ben Bresky, Tabitha, and Lou when we're live for helping us get the show out. Uh, even when we're tired, and even when they're tired, we get the show out to the world. Thank you very much to them. I want to thank all the folks that donated through uh, buymeacoffee.com. There's been more, more folks that have been buying me coffees. That's really nice. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yishai. It makes a very big difference. It makes a difference. It helps the show keep going. And uh, if you want to go to my website, yishaifleischer.com, uh, and check out our donate page, that's our 501c3 called Kuma, uh, and it really helps us to do the big projects. Malka? I also want to really put out this plea. Please rate us. 
on whatever listening thingy you're listening to us on, okay? If you're on Apple or SoundCloud or whatever it is, do us a favor. If you can rate the show, that will help us rise up in the little list about Israeli shows. And that will help other people hear this show. And it will help our message get out, the message that you love and that we love and that we're all trying to push forward. Very good. All right, Malka Fleischer, Shabbat Shalom. Happy Yom Hatzmaut. May God give us blessings to be there at the 100th Independence Day and to fulfill our secret wish. Both you and I have a secret dream that we will be on one of those airplanes or helicopters flying throughout the whole country. fly over Jerusalem, that's right. Hashem, that would be really, really amazing. Thank you, Hashem, for the opportunity to broadcast to you and happy Yom, Yom Atzmut, Israel Independence Day 75 and strong, of course, with the help of Hashem and with the tenacity of the Jewish people and with the love of people like you. Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Shabbat Shalom.